News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings, welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan, the mayor of Shamoka Dam. Mayors in these types of communities are in charge of the police department, so when you talk policing, he knows his stuff, so we've appreciated that knowledge, and uh, uh, that's stick in the mud of NIST lately, so that has been helpful. And let's see, what else can I say about it? You said you were going to turn my microphone off and let it off. I thought you were lying. All right. On the mark, sponsored by the Sun. Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Oh, nope, scratch that. will be open as soon as our good guest uh, gets an opportunity to put in a full set of remarks. Uh, at that time, then, when it does open, you can call us at 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We've asked for and received an opportunity to check in with another one of the regional school districts as uh, they are having a planning summer, too. I'm sure, making sure that uh, dozens of different plans are in the works, uh, too. Uh, make sure that they're ready for the, the fall in the era of COVID. Uh, Dr. Chad Kors is on the line, Superintendent of Sealands Grove Area School District. Good morning, Dr. Kors. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. How are we doing? Hanging in there. How about you, Chad? Yep, we're doing oh, fine. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> well, Jason uh, called it, uh, Jason Bendel of Shikalami called it a planning summer uh, where, <laughs> you know, where a thousand different options and scenarios are underway as you get ready for the fall semester at Sealands Grove area school district what are you doing well very similar we're uh, making plans for all the possible options uh, our primary option is looking to open schools uh, where students return uh, normal probably isn't the correct word because we're not sure what normal is now but uh, students returning face-to-face uh, with uh, in-class instruction that's our uh, first plan uh, but that entails a lot of uh, safety precautions now uh, from how do we separate students as much as possible uh, to uh, making sure facilities stay clean and cleaning between use of uh, shared pieces of equipment. Uh, so that's, that's our first plan that we're on our primary plan. Um, the next plan would be uh, sort of a hybrid approach where students rotate. Some students come to school, some students stay at home. Uh, and that rotates in some way, shape, or form throughout the year. Uh, and then the third option, uh, sort of the opposite extreme, is the, the way we ended this school year, which is really uh, complete distance learning for our students. Um, so we're making plans for all three of those options and also being able to shift back and forth between those options. Uh, depending on what uh, transpires with the, the virus come this fall. Well, you're kind of lucky, at least it seems to me, in the fact mm. that you have an educational park, in effect, where all of your schools are located in close proximity to one another. Does this cause any special mm. problems, or is it a ben- benefit largely? Uh, I think it would be a benefit. Uh, again, part of that depends on if we bring only certain kids back on certain days, we could technically spread kids out through all five or all four of our buildings. Uh, because we are on a campus setting, so I, I think it would be beneficial in our case. 
So what what are the um, additional problems with respect to finances that you're looking for in all this planning? Are some options more expensive than others, and will the cost play a, a role in determining which direction you go? Uh, yeah, there could be additional cost, especially if we don't return. Well, there's some cost with all, all of the options, uh, even coming back in, in a normal setting, uh, you know, just additional cleaning measures. Uh, protective measures, you know, so there's some additional costs for supplies, materials, uh, people power, and those kinds of things to, to make sure things are clean. Um, I know some districts across the state are talking about uh, staggering start times for students and, you know, some kids coming half days and those kinds of things. We're not looking at that option. Oh, you're not? But that option, no, but that option would increase transportation costs. Uh, because you're doubling, basically doubling your bus runs. You're almost doubling your transportation costs. Um, so there are expenses uh, with any of the options. How has the remote learning uh, worked, as far as you can tell, from the kids who participated in it? And I guess not everybody was able to, right? We had a large majority. When I say large majority, I would say we had over 90% of our, our students and families participating in distance learning. Uh, Overall, I'd say it went well, uh, given the fact that we had, you know, in reality, about a day or two to to go from normal school to completely online for everybody. Um, you know, it forced uh, parents to step up and really be teachers for their children, uh, especially the elementary age age parents. Uh, but I'd say, given the circumstances, everybody did well. Uh, was it ideal? No, because, um, you know, people didn't sign up to be uh, teachers at home, but uh, everybody tried to make the best of it, and uh, I think we did that. As you and the district get ready for the fall, what are the factors that you are considering? You know, maybe like the, the COVID numbers themselves. Chickalemi is doing a survey. Maybe you are, too. Tell us what's going into the pot here, into the mix. Yeah, uh, we have, first of all, we have a committee formed made up of uh, teachers, administrators, transportation, uh, county EMA representatives, uh, I probably missed a couple groups uh, that are meeting, but we also have a parent survey that's uh, online, so any parents, if you haven't uh, participated in the survey yet, uh, please do so. Uh, but. Uh, you know, that survey data is one of the big things that's helping drive our, our decisions uh, because we ask parents things like, you know, what kind of uh, school do you want in the fall? Do you want face-to-face? -face? Do you want distance? And uh, overwhelming majority are looking forward to their students coming back to face-to-face -face instruction. Uh, you know, we ask them some questions also about safety and what kinds of safety things would they like to see in place. You know, so we're uh, going through all of that data uh, to determine, you know, what things will truly look like in the fall. Did you get some parents that say, no, I'm not comfortable with the fall, I don't want to come back, I'm concerned about the yes. pandemic? Okay. Yep, yep, which means that as far as planning goes, we also need to have <laughs> our own uh, well, uh, cyber program for parents who say, nope, I'm not comfortable sending my child. Uh, and so I want my child to be completely cyber or homeschooled uh, via, you know, our online program. And so that opportunity will be available for those parents. How many, how many students have you lost to cyber charter or homeschooling or, or uh, maybe other options? 
Uh, because of the virus, I don't know that we've lost any yet. Uh, it's a little too early to tell that, uh, you know, really until the school starts up in the fall. I can't imagine um, close learning with masks and gloves and all those other things, but is that what we're likely to be seeing? Uh, again, and we're as a school building, we're certainly limited by the size of the classroom. And so in most cases, we will not be able to keep students six feet apart. They will be closer than that. Um, and masks, we still haven't made a final decision on that yet. But uh, my guess is if I had to give an answer right at the moment, I'd say masks would be optional and not mandatory. Um, for both Just staff and it, students? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see how you could conduct education with masks on and, and keeping little kids, particularly the kindergartners, first, second, yes. third grades, keeping them in a, for a full day with a mask on their face. No, that's extreme. It's tough for <laughs> adults to do, let alone kids. What about the cafeteria and lunch set, lunchroom settings? I mean, the kids there are all close together. Will you be doing something different for lunch? And Yeah, certainly uh, lunches are going to look different, uh, as well as a lot of other things if we return to, quote, normal. Um, you know, lunch students will need to be, uh, some students will be eating in the cafeteria and most likely some students will have to be eating in, in classrooms. Uh, I think one of the fortunate things about school in the fall is the weather is usually pretty good, uh, you know, so we can have classes and possibly even lunches uh, outside as much as possible as well. So. All right, tell us about your budget. Uh, this is a busy time uh, always in the district, getting finalizing the budget. Yeah, uh, budget-wise, we're uh, our uh, proposed budget will be on the board agenda for approval uh, on the 29th of the month, uh, but we are looking at a, uh, an operating deficit for next year of uh, just over a million dollars, uh, and a lot of that deficit has to do with the economic impact of the COVID uh, pandemic on society, just uh, with loss of uh, local uh, revenue uh, from, you know, loss of jobs and uh, loss to real estate uh, transfers and all those kinds of things, they all do trickle down to us as a school district. But uh, fortunately, we have uh, a healthy reserve account that we can take care of that deficit by just pulling some money out of uh, out of our budgetary reserve account. Will a tax increase be necessary this year? Uh, I, At this point, the budget is being proposed without a tax increase. Okay. Uh, just, just because the board does not feel it's in the best interest to, to raise taxes given the, the current economic situation for a large majority of our community, which you know, makes perfect sense. Are you looking at cutting things? For example, I know Shikalimi was in the position of having to cut a teacher. There's been a suggestion made you cut your police department. What kinds of things are you looking at with with respect to trimming the budget? We actually um, looked at at staffing. Now we're not having to furlough anybody, but uh, as some teachers had put in letters to retire uh, at the end of this school year. Uh, we looked at all those positions and uh, determined whether or not we needed to fill them. So actually there are a couple of teaching positions and a couple of admi- administrative positions uh, that we're not going to be filling for next school year. So we were able to do it through what we call attrition uh, rather than having to do f- actual furloughs of staff. 
Are they going to replace you? Yeah. <laughs> you picked a heck of a year to bow out, Chad. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It is. Certainly not what one had planned, but... Uh, July 10th is your retirement date, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, yes. wow, fabulous. Congratulations. Good for you. And it is a retirement. Do you. you sort of know what you'll emphasize in, in the months ahead? Relaxation. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good for you. Well, you're going out with a bang. Good for you. Well, this has uh, probably been an unusual year. Uh, tell us about the George Floyd video, what will happen in the district in the, in the weeks ahead. Then on the 29th, uh, tell us what is going to happen or can happen. Talk about that. Sure. Um, again, uh, the video certainly was totally inappropriate and offensive. Uh, and as a district, we do not condone anything like that. Uh, because one of our goals is to try and teach students to be uh, accepting of others and inclusive and, uh, you know, not to make fun of other people, uh, regardless of whether it's skin color, religion, or anything else. So, uh, you know, one of the things as a district we're doing is taking a look at, you know, where we can continue to, uh, to improve instruction and uh, try and help uh, battle those those kinds of prejudices and biases that exist uh, but I will also throw out there that uh, just because they're students doesn't mean it's the school's complete responsibility it is a community responsibility and uh, so one of the things we've done as a district is we've uh, I've reached out to the United Way uh, to ask them to assist us in forming uh, a committee to take a look at uh, various, get, getting various stakeholder groups together uh, from the community to come up with some ways to address uh, issues and concerns and to improve. Well, I've been a taxpayer in the Sealands Grove School District for some 43 years. My son graduated from Sealands Grove Schools. My grandson is attending. I have another grandson who will be starting. And I will say that I don't think the Sealands Grove School District is a racist institution. I don't see, you know, my son came out of there. I think he has a tremendous respect for other people. He learned it. I volunteered at various things in the school. My wife worked for the school district. I don't see that there is a systemic problem in the Sealands Grove area school district. Certainly, as Mark points out, we can all be better. But isn't there yeah. a danger here of overreacting? Yes, there is. And not just with this situation, but with any situation that comes up you know you can always go to extremes and one of the challenges for a school district is to try and make sure we're not going to one extreme or the other but we are taking a sort of a middle of the road path so that uh, as you well know on any issue you've got people on both sides of an issue and you know as a public school entity we can only do so much and we are limited uh, and you know we can't be extremist on, on either end on any issue Joe hasn't seen any, but you know that there have been incidents where students have been uh, bullied, belittled, name-called. Uh, um, That's not necessarily racism. Slighted. I know there's been bullying. If I could finish the question, because of race. Well, you said I didn't see it. <laughs> yes. I mean, certainly we admit that it happens here. When you have, you know, 2,600 students in one location uh, and then 300 staff members, so you've got over 3,000 people together, uh, is it going to happen? Yes. Can we 100% prevent anything bad from happening? No, I wish we could. But we certainly can do our part to, to educate students and faculty and staff 
and hopefully make things better. But isn't your primary function education of the children? Is, don't the parents bear a certain responsibility for uh, the way their kids turn out? <laughs> yeah, w- yes. Uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, as a public school system, again, we, although everybody looks to us to cure all the ills of the world, whether it be drugs and alcohol or uh, you know, mental illness or racism or anything else, you know, we're supposed to fix it. But again, we, we can't do any of this. We can't even educate uh, alone. It takes, you know, parents, it takes community members, it takes, uh, you know, the churches and businesses and community organizations to make it truly happen. To quote Hillary Clinton, it takes a village, right? It does. What's your view on this petition that's being circulated? District might get a look at it on the 29th or maybe before then or after. What's your view on this idea? Quite a few demands, uh, apologies, and so on. Yeah, um, I, I did see it. Um, and again, I think there are some things that we can do as a district to improve. Uh, I'd also say that some of the quote demands and I guess that's the first thing first thing is I don't like that term demands because uh, you know that that puts people on sides and uh, which isn't the way to go about changing anything Uh, you know so certainly gonna listen to what those folks have to say and uh, what they've written down now some of the things that are on those demands are are not accurate anymore. For example, I know there's uh, some things on there about fifth grade camp. Uh, fifth grade camp, the format I believe they're alluding to on there, hasn't been that way for several years. Uh, that was changed several years ago. So, you know, not everything in their demands is accurate or up to current practices in the district. Um, and I guess I'd say not just to this group, but to anybody that has issues is. A, don't wait 20 years to bring issues forward. Uh, you know, if there are issues, let's sit down with folks and, and talk about them and, and try and improve them so that, uh, you know, we're not overlooking things. Well, you mentioned fifth grade camp, which is a sore subject around our house because my grandson is in fifth grade, would have gone to camp this year, and uh, he yes. didn't, get, didn't get to go. Is there going to be any catch-up in the school year? In other words, you left kind of abruptly. Are you going to have like a, a maybe start earlier, since I guess you can start in July now under the governor's plan? Are you going to try and do some catch-up before the regular start of the school year? And if so, what form will that take? We are not going to be starting early. Uh, the reason being, we know we can, but because the rest of the world is just starting to go back to normal, uh, you know, families may have vacations planned and those kinds of things, so we don't want to make a, a, a stressful spring and early summer even more stressful for families. Uh, but when students do return uh, at the regular normal start time of of the school year, which is August 19. Uh, Our staff are currently working on identifying ways to identify deficiencies that students might have and uh, provide instruction as necessary. So the first part of the year uh, is certainly going to be a a catch-up period, so to speak. One of the elements in the petition is uh, to use money for police officers for mental health supports and other resources. What's your reaction to that uh, change in, in the budget? Uh, again, I'd say that's one of those uh, 
extreme ends of uh, perspective. And again, as a district, we want to stay in the middle ground. Uh, so I don't see us eliminating our police uh, because, uh, again, I think if people would talk to us face-to-face about what our police are, uh, they aren't out arresting people. They aren't out putting chokeholds on, on, on students. Uh, actually, our, our school police officers went through pretty intensive training. Uh, that 99% of that training is working with students on dealing with issues, de-escalation techniques, uh, you know, just being friends with, with students. So I, I don't see us eliminating our police. Um, can we put more monies towards uh, mental health services and uh, supports uh, for students? Absolutely. Uh, actually, one of the part of the one of the safe schools grants that we have for this coming year, uh, portions of that money are being allocated for trauma-informed approaches. So again, it's not a all-or-nothing kind of thing for for either of these initiatives. I think we need both. We need school police and we need additional counseling and training and supports for students. So, again, we're trying to take that middle road and provide both of those options. Well, we may not get to talk to you again before you retire, so this is your chance to give your valedictorian (laughs) address. (laughs) How do you view Uh, the Sealands Grove School District you're leaving behind, Chad? It's it's certainly bittersweet. Uh, You know, on one hand, I'm I'm happy to be able to retire. Uh, On the other hand, it's, it's, you know, it's a great job. It's a great school district. You know, in my 31 years in Sealands Grove and 36 total in education, uh, you know, working with students on a day-to-day basis, you can't get a better job than that. And in Sealands Grove, you know, I put Sealands Grove up against any school district in the state or the country. I mean, we've got, in reality, comparatively speaking, we've got very few problems. We've got a, a tremendous amount of outstanding students that, you know, typically they don't, in situations like this recent situation, uh, we quickly lose sight of those, uh, you know, 2,000 other students who are out there doing good things and great things in the community. And so, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time in the district. And, uh, you know, it it is a great place to work, and I am going to miss the the people in the district. Not that I'm going anywhere, but, uh, you know, in retirement, you will miss the folks you get to work with, including the students. All right. Well, thank you so much yes, for thank you. all of the interviews over the years. And for your service. <laughs> well, hey. thank you both. I appreciate your uh, having having me on the air over, over the years and uh, being able to share the great things that are happening in the Sealands Grove School District. All right. Thank you so much. Chad Kors, Superintendent Chad. of Sealands Grove Area School District. Thank you, sir. Once again, we appreciate your time. Sure. Thank you, Jack, guys. I do appreciate that. Chad Gorse, uh, retiring July 10th, uh, probably about a dozen years as superintendent. It seems like just yesterday, but he has been uh, at the helm for a while, and Sealands Grove has been marching forward. So we appreciate his time. Uh, We're going to take a quickie break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. In addition to working for the school district in well, math I'm, and reading labs. I'm glad the petitions points are going to be looked at and talked about and brought up. And uh, But I agree with him. One thing he said I completely agree with. You know, we start off saying, we want to have a conversation. Here's our list of demands. Oh, okay, these are demands. These aren't subjects for discussion. These are your demands. We either meet them or what? You beat us to death? <laughs> Not everybody is as willing to accept ultra-slow change the way you are. Not everybody just wants to write a letter to their legislator and let it go. But what if people disagree with that list of demands? Demands. Well, are they just? Are they wrong? If if I you issue a set of demands you want, I disagree with them. I'm wrong. You're right. Is that how it works? Well, I think if you have if there's sort of literally two sides of a of a topic, there think, are always two sides. Well, to then the you topic. can come up with the best practice, and that's what you would adopt. I'm going to come up with a list of demands for you for the next hour of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I know what First it is. Of all, I demand my microphone be turned on at the start well, of the program. And the rest of them we can't say on the radio. I demand being taken out of this tent. I want this tent out of here tomorrow. Well, you can you can pull hard on all the corners. It'll come right down. All right, we'll be back with open phones. This is WKOK Sunbury. Greetings and welcome back. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is diametrically opposed to me, right across from me, so we'll have discussions today. You heard the Seals Grove Area School District talk about the way forward with COVID in the classroom, and so we can... Uh, Hopefully enter- COVID is not in the classroom. Uh, well, COVID as a precaution, yes. COVID is a brought up and talked about thing in the district, and so uh, we very much would love your opinion about that. We also talked about the, the video and the petition and the budget. Uh, no tax increase budget and uh, his imminent retirement. So maybe you have a remark about that. Uh, you can call in about that. We've had a wide range of other related topics today that we can discuss. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. That is our open phone. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We'd love if you would visit sunburymotors.com. Visit their website to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, and Hyundai selection, or their pre-owned inventory, of which there's hundreds of vehicles in perfect condition. Select your perfect vehicle and purchase it perfectly online right from your home, and it's all perfectly easy. And I think you get the idea that this is a good way to achieve perfection when it comes to automobile buying, and they would just love to do business with you at the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, sunburymotors.com, Ford, Hyundai, Kia, Lincoln, uh, premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks. They got the body shop, the alignment shop, they got the nitrogen shop. They'll pump you up with nitrogen. Master towing service, quick lane parts department. And uh, did we mention new Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln? They got it all at the Sunbury Motor Company. Do check them out at sunburymotors.com. In the news, Union County DA Pete Johnson says he was surprised and has a lot of questions about the parole of Megan's Law offender Jack Harklerode. Harklerode is 80. Ford now from Suppley Mill Road in Lewisburg. Johnson said an acquaintance told his wife they saw Harkler Road out in the community. Johnson said the county is supposed to be notified when there is such a release. 
Park Lord faces a myriad of accusations related to child, related to child pornography, child sexual assault, and was the noted alleged perpetrator involving sexual abuse involving Norman Gundrum, a Milton teen, who was later jailed for homicide and released in recent months. Johnson tells WKOK he remains vehemently opposed to Harkler Road's uh, release. Governor Tom Wolf praising Pennsylvania residents after receiving some CDC recognition for its COVID-19 case reduction success. During a news conference Wednesday, Governor Wolf says Pennsylvania is one of three states being recognized by the CDC for reduction success over the past 40 two days. Our new case rate has fallen consistently, even as we've reopened businesses, even as we've resumed activities, even as we've gone back to work. Our new case rate is now about a quarter, a quarter of what it was at the peak. The latest report indicates Pennsylvania is among a handful of states with sustained decline in cases over the past two weeks, and that's an important indicator that reopening plans are actually working. We know our decline is real because of the choices we've made, because more than half the states are experiencing just the reverse. Governor Wolf pointed out to the important decision that's been made to require masks for individuals visiting businesses in all counties in Pennsylvania. You can hear more of his remarks at WKOK.com. Five new COVID-19 cases did pop up in the Valley, but still uh, the Valley's trending levels are still uh, quite low. Pennsylvania's Health Department is asking a state court to shut down an auto show set to begin Wednesday that typically draws about 100,000 people. This because of coronavirus concerns. The Carlisle Auto Show, their spring event uh, that was scheduled to start yesterday and will wrap up on Saturday. The governor calls it a dangerous event. The lawsuit calls the, uh, says the show needs to be stopped. A spokesman said the legal filing is under review and so far they're declining to comment on that at the Carlisle Auto Show. 100,000 people going to be there over the next four days. But they're expecting fewer this year because of the virus. Yeah, I guess about half is the, uh, is the one estimate. That it's a big event an annual big event. I mean, no doubt it brings a lot of people there, but, you know, I think their protests bring tens of thousands of people out and no one's stopping them. They seem to be good, but if it's a business or a show or something with the, the conservatives, it's bad. Well, and it may be, a, this year it's going to be 50,000 people they have 28 acres, okay? That's a, that's a pretty <laughs> that's good big space. So if you're at a car show and you're trying to stay six feet away from people, I think that would be a piece of cake. I mean, everything's all, it's very sprawling. Of course, as you know, I've seen aerial pictures of it. I've never been there, but... Uh, I've been in the traffic jam leading to oh, it. Okay. <laughs> is, where is that, right off 15? Off something? 81. Okay. All right, uh, and finally, we're going to get a disposition. Pennsylvania's highest court stepping up to handle the lawsuit over the resolution, the joint resolution passed by the House and sent it to Harrisburg and uh, sent to the Secretary of the Commonwealth. That would end the disaster declaration. The state Supreme Court justices announced Wednesday they'll decide the case that was filed in a lower court by Senate Republicans versus the Democratic Governor uh, Tom Wolf. I guess it's not actually versus, it's just a resolution and involves his declaration to be vacated. Talk to David Rowe on the news line. Uh, the state House member signed that impeachment uh, measure in Harrisburg. Co-sponsoring the articles of impeachment is not something I take lightly. It's not something that should be interpreted as a political stunt, but the executive branch has seized an unprecedented amount of power. And that, of course, David Rowe, 85th District, State House member. And that's the news. I don't think they're going to be able to impeach the governor. Oh, I don't think so either. I, I think it's a little... It's a, this is not the first time this has happened. I think it's just an asterisk that'll pop up it in may Harrisburg. It may not be a stunt, but it's certainly political theater. 
Well, it is, and it gives them an opportunity so they can hold hearings and things and, and you know, just talk about how irritated they are. I, I think Lawrence's worthless view of the time would be better spent coming up with the kind of legislation that Senator Gordner came out with that involves uh, changing the law. That, you right. know, if, if the governor has too much power under these circumstances, change the law. Well, the thing is, who is to have the power? It's sad to say, but if you had to wait for a congressional or House, state house, or a state senate committee to vote to do something, we might all be dead before that happened. I mean, I just look at going back to our radar bill. It's been bouncing around for years, and nobody seems to be able to finally get the thing passed. I would rather have the governor be responsible for taking the actions as an executive in a in a real emergency. Yes, we all have the right to second guess him after it's done. It's a full time. You know, it may job. not be fair, but I mean, we do that. Uh, but, but at you least you need a decider. You need somebody who will make the quick decisions, who will get the people together. I mean, can you imagine if in the at the start of March, we had had to wait for a House committee to hold hearings on whether or not we shut part of the state down. It would it would not have happened. Well, and, the, and it was the House Republicans that made it a political issue versus the Democrats versus the Democratic governor. Well, they're doing the same thing in Washington, but they're doing it Democrats to Republicans. So, I mean, it's never let, what's the old adage, never let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, everybody seems to be willing to jump in one way or another and do something to try and exacerbate the problem or at least pin it on somebody else. I think there's enough blame to go around. There's enough credit to go around. I think the governor has done what he thought was right. Did I agree with all of it? No, I sure didn't. But I don't think he acted out of malice or out of some power-mad scheme of his to <laughs> try to control the he state. He wanted to crush the economy so that President Trump would be able to claw it back. Right. Well, so if he crushes Pennsylvania's economy, what does that do for the next election when a Democrat's got to run on his record? I don't see any during benefit. A re- during a, a, a COVID recession, you mean? Do you see a benefit to anybody to crush the economy? I mean, politically, that well, would be a stupid to thing to do. Well, if you wanted to hurt President Trump, President Trump had a booming economy. You know, the, one of the things that Fox News would talk about, and you probably heard it in your funnels, is that the... Uh, Wait a second, i got to adjust the volume. Uh, there was a Democratic uh, coalition of governors that got together and said, let's crush our state economy so that President Trump won't be able to use this claim of having a booming economy when he, when he went for re-election. It's cockamamie and ridiculous, but it's partisan drivel that you get from well, now, people when this happens. Now look at John Bolton's book, which everybody is leaking parts of this morning. I found it very interesting. Uh, he he says the president sought uh, China's help to get reelected. He never saw a decision. Would have been hard-pressed to find a decision made on uh, foreign affairs that wasn't based on the president's desire to get reelected. Had all these other claims that he made in the book. And this morning, CNN reported them and reported what he said in the book. And then at the end of it said, however, Bolton has refused to testify to these things under oath, which brings up the fact that, you know, he could be lying. But on CNN, MSNBC, on Morning Joe, everything that Bolton said, they were reporting like it was the gospel <laughs> truth, like really absolute truth. Well, this is terrible. The president's done this. How did Fox handle this Fox was today? kind of in the middle with it. They reported it. Uh, they didn't specifically mention that I, during the time I was watching that Bolton refused to testify under oath. But I had forgotten about that. And then CNN reminded me this morning that he, he wrote these things in the book, but he wouldn't testify under oath where he would be, you know, if he lied, he would be in jeopardy. 
Well, uh, the the road to heck is paved with books criticizing President Trump. I or d- any president. I <laughs> doubt. Well, that's probably true. I doubt that, you know, none of this is going to stick. Um, remember that book came out by the author Anonymous. Everybody oh, yeah, said, oh, was, this will be the president's well, undoing. And MSNBC <laughs> treated that like it was the gospel truth, too, and we don't even know who that was by. So, yeah, this election has almost nothing to do with the president or Joe Biden. It's Democrats who say, well, I would, <laughs> we cannot possibly withstand another term with President Trump. You know, he's a buffoon and has got to go. And Republicans say, well, the last thing we're going to do is allow any Democrat of any ilk in there. So, it, you know, it's really just on these party divide. The, the Joe Biden could do nothing over the next several months, and President Trump could do nothing. Well, could do what he always right. does, which is, you know, something always hey. noteworthy. And it isn't going to make any difference. This, none of that is going to change any votes. You know, <laughs> do you know of any Republicans not going to vote for the president because of what is in Anonymous's book? Well, I haven't read Anonymous's book, so I well, don't know. But, but anybody who like anybody that. who won't put their name to their opinions, uh, I don't give well, them much still credit in the administration. Much He's still in. Well, he, he says he is, but if we don't know who it is, how do we know? Well, the I could write a I could write a book about my life inside the White House and publish mm-hmm. it anonymously, and that doesn't mean it's true. The Washington Post vetted it and said oh, that he yes, is. Oh yes, of course they did. Still, yeah. <laughs> the Washington Post. I have full faith we and confidence. We checked with Jeff Bezos, the, and he says everything's fine at, uh, he, at the Post. And he would know, wouldn't he? All right. Well, we'll take callers let's, on let's, this uh, topic. Let's uh, let's try this meme I saw this morning and see if anybody gets it. I won't explain it. I'll just throw it out there. This uh, Mark got it. Uh, there was a meme someone sent me this morning that said Joe Biden. The Foster Books of the Democratic Party. Now, if you get that, fine. If you don't, I'll explain it later. It's kind of bumbling, right? All right, 1-800-795-9565. We have open phones. Call us now. We're talking about the president, the new book, the fact that the election almost has nothing to do with Biden or Trump. It's just Republicans saying that there's just isn't anything on the Democratic playbook that they would vote for a candidate for. Democrats say, no, we cannot have Donald Trump tearing this nation down anymore. We've got to get a different president. What's your View. Call us immediately, 1 800 795 9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, common sense will tell you Trump is not a conservative, he's a socialist. The whole thing <laughs> is probably 95% of the people who are, who are applying for unemployment benefits are probably private sector people okay so basically he wiped out all the private sector jobs threatened our military on our own people and now the corporations which buy off china are in full demand so i just want to say you know now that biden's getting all these conservative you know people banking on him so the liberals and conservatives are going to have to go up against a socialist president so i mean i mean it's nothing against trump i mean some people like him because of the ego but just common sense will tell you this guy is a full-blown socialist. Uh, whose I mean, common sense are we talking about, Dale? We're not talking about my common sense. And I don't know anybody whose common sense tells them what you've just said. And I think the private okay, sector so, is a so, booming. So, 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 would you say 90% of the private sector is the one applying for uh, unemployment benefits? No. Which, would, there have been government people no. laid off. There have been government people laid no, off. No, no. Trump is the highest government. He hired the most government people of any president in history. No, that's not true. He's actually he's, he's actually cut. He's actually cut federal employment. No, he didn't. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> Come on, Joe. You, you got to be kidding me. Look at his he's White House the staff. percentage of population for government employees. Okay, well, let's say you, let's say you're right about that. That doesn't make him a socialist. Workforce. If you have a job and it's private sector, but your only job is betting fitting the government, let's just call that government job. Correct. Well, give me an example of a private sector job that just benefits the government. There's a lot. There's well, a lot. Now I'm asking you. Tell me one. Give me one. Just one. <laughs> okay, you got suppliers for um, electric. Suppliers for and that just uh, benefits the government. Doesn't benefit civilians. Yo, doesn't yo, benefit. Yo, yo. Your arrogance puts blockers <laughs> on you so thick. <laughs> so listen to me. No, yo, I wish I got to get the blotters all these off. All these conservative groups now are banking on Biden. Why do you think that is, Joe? I don't know of any conservative groups that are backing Biden at the moment. Well, Bush, Bush, all the Bush uh, big uh, firms and all I got. Understand. That they, this guy here is ben, he is banking on corporation. That's where all Trump's investment. It's not in America. People, he might go on TV and say, "Yeah, talk bad about China," but if you watch his actions, his actions are betting on China. Same thing as the World Health Organization. I mean, this is a this is a scheme that just wiped out one third. This is one third of the private sector company in the United States. And you can you can try to dispute that, but you ain't gonna be able to dispute that. Like I oh, said, oh, I could dispute that, Dale. Unemployment <laughs> or the private sector. Dale, you just said one third of the uh, co- corporations have been driven under. That's not true. Not corporations. That's private what you said. Private. Well, that's corporations, private sector businesses. Okay, Joe, 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 Joe. Dale, 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 Dale. Pay the pay the ten the S and P five hundred, which are the biggest corporations. You, don't you believe that Trump has his money with them? Because they're the, all the ones who get their supplies off China. Yeah. Well, he, he wouldn't yeah. be the... Uh, let's say he did. Let's say you're right. He would be far from the only one who invests based on the S&P 500. A lot of people I, do. That doesn't listen, make them socialists. I know the Joker. I, know the Joker. I, I, I had him in New Jersey, and he promised no tax. Now, New Jersey is the highest tax state in the country. Who are you talking about? Who promised New Jersey would... Trump. 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 Trump never held office in New Jersey. Yep, here you go. No, no. When he broke casinos down, he taxed the dam, he taxed the Atlantic City Expressway, he he, he crumbled the whole system in New Jersey, the highest tax. Trump, Trump was never an elected office. official in New Jersey, Dale. He was never an elected official no, anywhere. he owned all the politicians, Joe. Oh, he owned the politicians. Okay. Yeah, he Here's the trend of federal employees. First and it's down. Then he blamed the politician. Or he blamed everybody but himself. And that's what's going on. He's okay. a true socialist. He threatened the military on his own people. Come on, Joe. Wake up. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, when I see a socialist, I know a socialist. Well, I'm glad you do. And I've got to get, change the aluminum on my hat, and we have another caller coming in. But thanks for calling. It's an unusual opinion, Dale, and we welcome hearing it. I, I cannot see an increase in federal government employees. There's more in the executive branch. There's more well, individuals cut, supporting at, him. Well, look at Melania's staff. Uh, Mrs. Obama had a staff of like 25. She's got five. So, I mean, the president cut back on a lot of the internal staffing of the White House, and that was a subject of some concern from people at the beginning, saying, well, he doesn't have enough uh, people around him to advise him. one 800 795 
five. Uh, if somebody knows uh, more current numbers on the trend of federal employees, uh, the graph that we looked at uh, from uh, snapshotinhistory.com uh, showed a declining graph, but then it went up, but it said that was mostly census yeah. workers hired. I might call the so, president a lot of things, but a socialist isn't uh, one. Let's see. White House employment down. Let's see. Yeah, but anyway. Help All right. Us out, whatever. Folks. i got to take a break. I'll be right back. Hang on, Harry. We'll be right with you. we got an open phone, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. <laughs> all right, we'll take all comers. Uh, Harry, you're going to be on the mark. Right. The third caller hey. of the day. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. I uh, I want to uh, two things. One, I want to thank Dale too. He never fails to entertain me. He's like the gift that keeps giving. I don't <laughs> understand how he comes up with some of this stuff, and it just intrigues me. But but ser- in all seriousness, though, I um. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure that the governor did, uh, um, you know, how, how you gauge what the governor's actions were during all of this. What I can say is while I disagreed with uh, some of it and agreed with some of it, there was nothing that I felt he did that he was trying to do for uh, that wasn't for the, the commonwealth of the commonwealth, so to speak, where he wasn't really trying to look out for everybody. Um I do not expect everybody to always be right because that's that's an impossibility. I do think, like for for my for my job, there were things that could have been handled differently there, where we actually could have stayed open even if we did the curbside service earlier, whatever. You know, there were some things with that. But I don't think that there's a leg to stand on here to show a malice of forethought with this. I think I think it's a very shameful waste of time, money, and effort. By the legislature, and and I think it's it smacks of petulance and not really looking out for for what's good for the people. Um, you know, this whole thing with this with the COVID virus is is confusing because some areas it seems like it is as catastrophic as as you read about. Other areas, you know, we can honestly look around and say, "Geez, you know, many of us don't know anybody who had it," but. That doesn't mean that we're right and they were wrong or vice versa. It just means that somebody was taking action to try and make sure it didn't get as bad as it possibly could. Whether you agree with that or not, that doesn't seem to be a criminal offense to me. I agree. It shouldn't be evil. There there were no right or wrong answers as far as I'm concerned. And I've said in this program before, I'm willing to give the governor and the president a wide field of latitude because we haven't dealt with a pandemic in this country since 1918. 
So we're in uncharted mm-hmm. territory. I think everybody did what they thought was best. The, the president, because he tried, though they say he's downplayed it, but he was trying to reassure people that things will be okay. All right, that's part of his job. If the president of the United mm-hmm. States said, oh, my God, folks, you better run and hide now. This is terrible. Get to your basements. You know, they'd be the media would be saying, well, the president's scaring everybody half to death. I think so, the president did the well, right thing, though. I, I don't, or, or the governor. I think he did do the right I, thing. I think he did what he thought was the well, right thing. <laughs> And, and see, I think that's how this has to be gauged. I think that that um, you know we don't we've never as you said, Joe, it was nineteen eighteen. None of us were alive at that point. And, and even if you were, you know, people were, who were alive at that point were very, very young, you know, babies. So nobody has any any first hand, as you say, nobody has any first hand knowledge of how to handle this. And I think that that. Uh, you know, what's the old saying? Sins of, of commission are much better than sins of omission, you know? And I think here that that if you overreact in a way that, that is, and I'm not saying he did overreact, but say that it wasn't overreaction, but if it was something that saved, um, uh, you know, saved lives or saved uh, a, an epidemic getting worse, shouldn't that be how you gauge it, whether it was uncomfortable or, or discomfitting for people? I well, mean, this was... This is something that I hope we never go through again. You some, know, some people, and, some people and I question. Don't know, all you could hope for now is that somebody has better answers for the next time. Well, somebody but, questioned but his decision. To be the person thinking on their own and coming up with this stuff, man, I wouldn't have wondered to have been that person. Somebody had to, uh, or somebody criticized him, and perhaps deservedly so, for his decision to put people who had tested positive back into nursing homes. You know, so well, maybe, the nursing homes is indefensible. There's nothing. I mean, that's that's awful. So you have a but nursing. Know, with, what the, that, listen, what the state policies? Let, let me talk for a second here. What the state policy allowed? You have an individual who lives in a nursing home. All right, so some uh, half a dozen people get it in the nursing home. One of them goes to the hospital. The people with the COVID nineteen in the nursing home get isolated and they're separated, and the spread stops in that nursing home. The person that went to the hospital recovers and comes back. Why is it so bad that they go back to the nursing home? That's where they are. They have an isolated area. They're no longer testing positive. What's wrong with that? They never put well, anybody the in a nursing they home. They didn't have any testing for that. Right. They weren't really testing anybody for that. That's the issue. No. They did. How many people did they put in a nursing home in a nursing home that didn't already have it? Well, that I can't answer. But Zero. I, when you see seventy percent of the <laughs> of the uh, of the deaths came from that. Obviously, somebody dropped the ball there. Now, whether it was the governor or somebody else, who knows? I don't know who it was, but there was that was mishandled, just going by the numbers. But again, we're in uncharted territory, and I don't think it was done with malice or with with no, a desire either. to hurt somebody. I don't believe the governor's that kind of a man. You know, I don't either. Uh, I think I'm a Republican, but I think he's done the best job possible under the circumstances. Did I think he should have opened up some things sooner than he did? Yes. You know, but he had to make the call. I didn't, so it's easy for me to second guess him. But I'm not inclined to do that because I think he is. His heart was in the right place. I agree. I agree. But I think this is really. I mean, I think the legislature, with all the things that they really should be worried about, getting stuff back running, trying to increase some revenues. Um, you know, and here we are. We're going to get into some political infighting just so they can feel better about themselves. I think that that Metcalf and Roe and all these guys should be ashamed of themselves. They should just be ashamed of themselves. I know I'm ashamed of them, so, you know. All right. Thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for your call, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this has been asked and answered about the nursing homes a hundred times. There's zero 
people who had COVID-19 were put into a nursing home where they didn't already have it. There were some people sent home, but by then they were in most cases already testing positive but the nursing home already had it there was an isolation ward there you know they were into the PPE they were well into it then there's zero numbers of causing COVID in a nursing home because somebody was in a hospital and went home how how well are nursing homes able to uh, segregate people or well, quarantine now, them. Well, they're not that they well. Were ca- all, all the nursing homes in Pennsylvania were caught off guard. Where it's were most of the deaths? Luck. They were in nursing homes in Pennsylvania. Most of the deaths, were mm-hmm. they not? Most are older Pennsylvania. I'm not sure they were all in nursing homes per se, but that would be quantifiable. We could find out. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for checking in. Last caller before a quickie break. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know if you guys are know, know it or not, but just this morning, Governor Wolf was cited to by the CDC for being a governor of the top three states in the country that uh, for the work they did to control the spread of the virus. Were you guys aware of that? Right, yes. yeah, we had that in the news yesterday. The governor oh, yeah, talked about that yesterday. I didn't know if you guys yesterday. knew that or not. No, yeah, we and talked that's about the that. Republicans want to impeach a guy who just got cited for doing a really good job in controlling the virus. It's sort of Sounds pretty inane to me. To I'm, a rep- I'm a Republican. I don't want to impeach him. Well, and the CDC well, no, I mean, is not I mean, necessarily. You, know, you said Republicans want to impeach him. I don't. And the CDC is not necessarily uh, the measure of choice for uh, everyone. Well, I'm sure that. that I, um, don't you think they have some inside information on on the spread of the. I mean, they are the Center for Disease Control, they have a very good reputation they had. Right, I'm just saying, just because a government entity says that Pennsylvania is the best, uh, you know, I, th- I think well, that's I think a we did thing. some. Why would that be that so hard to understand? Well, I think you know, if you want to critique Pennsylvania, we can get into that. I'm uh, not critiquing Pennsylvania. I, I, I'm I'm upset about the people I saw this morning at the store that didn't think they had to wear face masks. Still, I mean, I think he did. I think he could have been harsher. Think yeah. about it. Well, and it's interesting to see what, what kind of enforcement's going on. You bring that up. I was at a store yesterday that has a big sign out front that said, due to the, yes. due to the emergency, you must wear a face, face covering to enter this store. And the two people who walked in in front of me had no face coverings on, and they weren't stopped by anyone. Yeah, they got rid of the stoppers. Could I, <laughs> could I ask you, are you finding it more difficult to bite your tongue and not say something to some of these people? Well, I especially if they come within close proximity to me. I mean, I, I'm willing to wear the mask when I go into a store. I try to maintain social distance. I use hand right, sanitizer so when I touch something. I mean, to me, that's common sense and things I'm doing to protect my own health. If I see somebody who's behaving badly and in violation of the store's rules, it does make me upset. But, you know, and I think the stores yeah. have a better an obligation to enforce their own rules. I think they do, too. I think it's really, it's really... Uh, uncaring and cold and rude. I mean, the, the reason you wear a mask is to keep from giving the people around you the uh, the virus more so than keeping you from getting it. It, it just shows a lack of, of caring for other people in the in your society and around where you live. Right. Well, and I, I don't get it. I won't mention names, but my son had an incident yesterday where a service person came to his home uh, to do something and wasn't wearing a mask. You know, yeah, well, so, I mean, what? Who turned that switch off? I mean, you know, that, that people are not aware that they're supposed to be taking precautions, or how come they don't know this or care about this 
very much. Well, if it's up to individuals, people are going to do what they feel comfortable with. And I, I actually <sighs> did. I actually did report. I went to a, a, a store in the area, Heavy and I saw two younger girls in the makeup department of this store, neither one wearing masks. So I went to the counter, and I said to the one of the clerks, I said, I'm sorry, but there are two young women back there not wearing masks in defiance of your policy. And she said, well, if they have a health issue, they don't have to. So my fr- next question should have been, well, did you check to see if they have a health yeah, issue? Yeah, what, what, what's this uh, mysterious health issue? Yeah. All right. Thank no. you so much, Mike. No, I agree. Pers- personal freedom is important, but I think we all have to have some respect for one another's health. All right. 1 800 795 We got a couple of open lines. So we'll, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got to get to the phones. We've got some callers waiting. Uh, Billy is on the line. Good morning, <laughs> Mark. Or Billy, it's uh, Mark and Joe ready to talk to you. Go right ahead. I think he knew that. Well, I'd just like to be clear. <laughs> morning. Joe said something that I, I found actually a little bit laughable, and I just want to make sure <laughs> okay. that, I under, that I understood him right. So I'm going to give him a chance to clarify if he wants to clarify. He said, and I quote, Stores have an obligation to enforce their own rules. Well, I'm saying if a store put a sign out in front saying, due to the current conditions, you must wear a mask to enter this store, then I think they have an obligation to enforce that. Yeah. Don't okay, you? Well, I, if I put a sign out that says, that don't jump in my swimming pool, and you jump in, I'm going to enforce it. Well, you are going to enforce it, but do you have an obligation to? That's my... That's yes, if what you're saying is that uh, we're doing this because of your health, we're concerned about health issues for our employees and for our staff and for you, then you have an obligation to follow through on what you say. Otherwise, take the sign down. If you don't well, feel that way, if you don't want to do it, take the sign down. I Look, I, I, I agree. A couple points here. First of all, I agree that maybe they have a moral obligation or an ethical obligation to enforce the rules that they post. But do they have any sort of a legal obligation? I mean, parents give their kids rules all the time and don't enforce <laughs> the rules they give their kids. Well, let's let's look at it just this way. You post the rule. Hold on, let me finish okay. my point. Go ahead. Just, just because you post a rule or make a rule uh, doesn't mean you ha- you're obligated to enforce it. There's all sorts of traffic rules that are that are not enforced to the letter of the law, even though they are a law. They are a rule. My second point, really quickly, and then I'll let you I'll let you talk is these aren't the store's rules. They're the governor's rules. They're the health secretary's rules. The, the stores are being put in an amazing juxtaposition because they're having to put these signs up, to, to stand, and yet they're getting sued by their customers. There's 32 lawsuits in Pittsburgh against Giant Eagle for forcing people who had health conditions to wear masks. <laughs> Imagine being the small business owner who's put in that sort of a juxtaposition. Well, the, the legislature should grant them immunity, but here's my point. Um, I've been to stores. When, when I first started, uh, let's say I shop at Giant and Wise from time to time, both stores. I'll take Giant as an example because they had strict rules, as did Wise. You go in this door, you go out the other door. For a time, they even had it marked off. You go up this aisle, down the other aisle. You know, the, now the, all that's gone. The only requirement is, I guess, 
that you wear a mask, but it's not stated. There is no sign out there that I've seen saying if you enter this store, you must wear a mask. And I've been to other stores where there is no sign. But the store I'm talking about had a sign, and it was a prominent sign right in front of the store tied to a shopping cart, and it said you must wear a face covering to enter this store. Okay, if that's the expectation and I enter that store, I expect people to be wearing that mask. If I go into a store where there is no such sign, I'm figuring I'm going to take my own chance. Yeah, I'm just saying, as a small, as a person who's involved in the management of a small business, I don't want to put my employees under the requirement of being law enforcement, of basically being rule enforcers, you know, of, of, of contradicting and, and having an altercation with a customer. They're, they've been put in a difficult spot, and I think they're handling it pretty well, honestly. Well, I mean, there, there's a, a story we got here where, I won't mention names, but a, a company apparently has a policy against their employees wearing masks that have the American flag on Wearing them. anything. Anything that has, has the American flag on it. Well, in this case, it was a mask. You know, so uh, the stores are kind of between the devil and the deep blue sea. I won't argue that point with you. All I'm saying is if you say this is my policy, I expect you to enforce your policy. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. I would like to get to the bottom of that local store. I know which one you're talking about. That's all over Facebook this morning. I don't know if that company has made a statement, but I know that sounds like they're losing customers by the dozens this morning as it gets, you know, as the whether it's a true or a lie as the the uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. story gets promulgated that. You know they they won't allow anything political, which includes the American flag. And that's <laughs> another question whether or not the American flag is political. But beyond yeah. that, I hope I hope we get some clarity on that. Maybe WKOK can delve into that a little. Sure, we'll ask the new. We'll, we'll get Dennis Curtin to comment on that. It's wisest. I mean, we, this is kind of an out there thing, and I think the. Uh, the, the question is going to be all these people say, well, I'm never going to Wise again. Well, I'm not going to Wise's ever again until next week. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of that. It's like people say, yeah, oh, sure. my God, this is ridiculous. I'll never buy anything from Amazon again. Well, let's, if we're <laughs> mentioning that part, we should mention their stated reasonings because they are, were concerned about safety of their employees, and I think it's an important consideration. Well, and you're right. Some people don't like the American flag, and so they're right. concerned about, you know, maybe, I don't know, they get punched or something. But the other thing is that some people don't like it when and you don't use the American flag for anything other than as a flag, right. as a banner. Yeah. And uh, well, I've well, seen girls bathing. Sure, you will not ever be buying Aunt Jemima syrup or Uncle Ben's rice. <laughs> hey, but they made Uncle Ben the chairman of the board a few years back. <laughs> really? Yeah, they did. Uh, he was, you know, in the past. Hmm. I, 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 that's kind of sad to me. Aunt Jemima, I can maybe understand because she, her character has certainly changed over the years. When I was growing up, Thank Aunt you, Jemima Billy. was a Thank rather heavyset woman with a, a bandana around her head, and she looked very much like uh, the Gone with the Wind, Hattie McDaniels in Gone with the Wind. Cindy, you're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Mark, I would appreciate it when you have these superintendents on, if you would discuss the issue of what are they going to do about singing. You know, it's common in public schools that there's a choir or chorus sure. uh, and a lot of performing, like musicals, etc. And, of course, the CDC came out with a rule, you know, telling people not to sing in public, especially <laughs> in gatherings. And they can easily cite, I've, I've called up a bunch of them, Examples where professional choruses met and sang, and the vast majority of the members were sickened subsequent to that singing. 
So I beg this question. Should there be choir, chorus, or singing in the public schools this next year? All right. Well, we're going to invite more superintendents to check in throughout the summer. What about musical instruments, wind instruments? You're blowing into them, and something comes out the other end. In fact, in most public schools that I've, in all of the ones that I've been associated with, and I've moved to several communities and been in a bunch of districts, certainly locally here, it's called the uh, opening exercises. Every morning the kids rise and say the Pledge of Allegiance, which involves projecting your voice into the air, saying the pledge. You don't have to, but it's part of the opening exercises of every day. But how is that any different from singing? And should we be doing that? All right. Good question. Thank you so much. I think we should be singing. I think we need more music (laughs) in this world, not less. So you want the kids to bring home the COVID to their families? Well, if they don't have it, in other words, we flatten the curve. The governor just got an award for how uh, free we are. There hasn't been a new case. Got to mention. There hasn't been a new case in Snyder (laughs) County in what weeks, and only a few in this whole area. You know, I think it's safe to sing. And plus the fact so they tell me they now wait a second they tell me that things. they tell me when I wash my hands I should sing happy birthday twice. Mm. Understand <laughs> the bishop doesn't allow singing in church, Joe. It's no, that's not, not true. Where my aunt and uncle uh, go to Catholic church, the bishop has only the priest and the and the uh, organist may sing. So right, well that's true at our church too. But but they I will see. have a piano player and a singer. But then but not that not that the policies of a religious group should be imposed on the schools. Don't hear that from me, for heaven's sake. But I'm I, just saying, isn't that it, then allowing singing in the schools when the churches have chosen not to have singing? Isn't that kind of... Well, I serve as a lector at, at my church, and it's a Catholic church, and I have to wear a mask up until the time I read, and then I take the mask off and then put it back on when I'm done. You know, you know and, this makes me think about our conversation yesterday, you know, where I said, take something out of the school so that you can do this anti-racism, whatever else, that training those folks want. And so if you removed chorus, you would free up a lot of time. There you go. Just saying. Uh, arts. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Get rid of all <laughs> arts. Go all STEM. Right. Well, Thank I you. don't know why you, can't, uh, why you can't draw on a piece of paper or work with clay. or Why can't you do that? What does that have to do with with uh, I'm doing hold- metallurgy or any of those. There's lots more to arts than singing. I'm holding out or for acting. singing. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks Thank for checking you. in. Right. That would take a whole group of people whose talent is singing and not allow them an opportunity to exercise that talent. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, Carl is first, Dick is next, and we'd only have to have about two minutes apiece. So, Carl, go right ahead. You're on the mark. All right, thank you very much. I'll get right into it. I was just disgusted this morning when I read about what Wise Markets has uh, decided to do with the about the American flag. If you look at their trucks going down the road that they say American owned on it, well, it's not much... <laughs> not very american to ban the flag if you have an employee that wants to wear an american flag uh that's patriotic i I would love to see you mark invite somebody from wise markets management uh because i know you have their dietary people on all the time bring somebody in from wise markets management and explain to the people of this valley that support them why they would uh do this well it's not just wearing an american flag at all it's wearing something that's made out of an american flag like a face mask that's been cut and sewn and manipulated in such a way that it is now a flag that is a mask or you know you know the flag in a pair of pants or in a shirt well so the flag the flag is one thing but it also bans political expression and and i think that's appropriate in a business i don't want to go through the door and be assaulted by somebody's political opinions if i'm there to buy a quart of ice cream <laughs> oh i i agree with that completely but from what i and maybe i'm wrong on what i read you know because you read all kinds of things that if i work for wises and i want to wear my lapel american flag i'm not allowed to do that and that's why i'm saying can you get somebody on from wises and explain to the people of the valley what their actual policy is instead of all the things you read on the internet maybe maybe everything we're reading is wrong and they're getting uh ripped apart unjustifiably well they have an outstanding they have an outstanding community relations guy and dennis Curtin, and i'm sure dennis would be more than happy to supply a an answer if the station asks i think i think that i'd love to hear the station ask how about it mark you're the station <laughs> oh. <laughs> well i'm 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 the uh representative i'm the first one in in the morning some days, not today. <laughs> so, okay. All right, we're, we're All right. on it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dick, you're probably going to be the last caller of the day. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Well, well, this is along the lines of the uh, Weiss markets and the flag. But anyhow, a friend of mine's wife posted a thing on Facebook a few days ago where Barnes & Noble was selling this book, If You Give a Pig the White House, and it has a photo of a pig with uh, Trump hair on it. So basically, they were up in arms, and they're never going to Barnes & Noble. So I sat here with my computer and looked, and Google and Google. And now, Amazon's selling the same book. So I kind of called their bluff. I said, okay, you're not going to go to Barnes & Noble, but how many of you are going to give up Amazon? Because people, I mean, there's a lot of, Amazon sells a lot of stuff, and I can't believe that, that there were no more comments on that story on the Facebook post either after that either. Well, I just think I just think that they were hypocritical if they're not going to Barnes and Noble because but they'll go on that Amazon and shop and, do, and they sell the same book. That was my point. point. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point because free speech is free speech. I hate to abridge free speech. Other than yelling fire in a crowded theater, there are very few exceptions I would make to your right to say something, even if I hate what you say. And I I don't have any problem. I mean, I wouldn't buy that book, and that's my right. But you know, they shouldn't be penalized for selling it. Well, that's my point. I'm sure yeah. a lot of bookstores that are around the uh, are selling the same book. So they yeah. all sell the same things. But I might, my only point is, a lot of people shop on Amazon almost every day or weekly. A lot. They get a lot of stuff. And I guess if you're if you're not going to go to Barnes and Noble because then don't don't buy on Amazon. But I I, I kind of called their bluff because I don't think any of them would give up on Am- shopping on Amazon. Well, you make you make a great point, Dick. Mm-hmm. A great point. All right. Thanks okay. for calling. Thank yep. you. Thank Take you care. so much. 
busy day. Yes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for calling. Tomorrow we have open phones. Uh, Mr. Ben Reikley will be here. There is no guest scheduled tomorrow, no call-in guests. So uh, that's that. Uh, big plans over the next three days? No. Well, I'm, I'm not going to wear anything political and go into a store. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, customers can wear it, right? It's I guess they can. But, you know, some people, employees. if you wear a MAGA hat, uh, you know, you're in, in trouble around in some areas if you go into a store wearing really? a MAGA hat. Yeah, there's some people make comments about it. Around here? Some people feel threatened if they see that. Some people feel threatened. I mean, if you walked in with do an they know Antifa what it, mask, do I they know what upset. it really stands for? To make America make great, America. In, great <laughs> well, again. Well, we can't have that. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. If well, you're... I guess it's they don't like the, the way the person who designed the hat intends to make America great again. Oh, him. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> He's a real lightning rod. Well, thank you so much, Joe. We will see you Monday morning tomorrow. Ben Reikley will enjoy open phones, and hopefully we'll hear from you. Send us your note in advance if you wish to at onthemarkatwkok.com. This is WKOK Sunbury.